The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. A friend of Medjugorje spoke the following words during an encounter in Louisiana, August of 1997. His statement is clearly prophetic. In 1997, everything was climbing higher. Investments, wealth, building, etc. Economically, everything was prospering. Many became rich and most all were entering a boom period. Yet even throughout all this, a friend of Medjugorje was repeatedly forecasting an economic collapse. Hear his words now. If you stack $1 million in your hands in $1,000 bills, it's four inches. Our debt, if you stacked it up in $1,000 bills, will be 100 miles high. 100 miles. If we were asked, every man, woman, and child in this nation to pay for that debt, we would bankrupt. What does it mean? It means we are bankrupt. Take a dollar bill. Look at it. 
take a piece of paper of the same size. Tell me the difference. Explain to me the difference in that dollar bill and this piece of paper. The value of the two, what's the difference? Nothing. It's only that you have faith that that dollar bill will go be exchanged for something in exchange for goods. There's nothing backs it. Our debt is such that we can't even pay the debt. The only thing that keeps that going is pure faith. All it will take, all it will take to make it follow is one little thing. Is everybody realize that? And it's over. Society is so fragile. It's on such a thin thread. Don't depend on your money to get you out of what's coming. Don't think your security is going to be there. It's not. Reason and logic tells you, you, I don't have to have persuasive arguments. Think about it. Reflect. Our lady gave a message. She says, reflect. Usually we're reflecting on our past. She didn't say that. Reflect on your future. She goes on and says, there is no future except in God. Before a friend of Medjugorje comes on the air here in just a moment, I want to take just a minute to say a few words about what we just heard. I very distinctly remember this encounter with a friend of Medjugorje in August of 1997. I was at this talk. I was 15 years old. And I remember hearing this. And we had a tape recorder. A friend of ours had recorded it. And I literally memorized this talk. And when we were thinking about everything that's been happening lately, and especially in the world, his words here came to mind. And we felt it was very important to share those with you tonight. One thing that we have said before, and we repeat again, is that what you will find when you hear a lot of these older talks from a friend of Medjugorje is you will hear a consistency of the message. This, more than anything, should convince anyone out there that he is completely informed by Our Lady's words. The opinions have not changed. His view has not changed. This was 25 years ago. What you hear today is what you heard 25 years ago. There is no change in the message that you're hearing. This in itself tells you the prophetic nature of what he speaks about. Sometimes when I hear these older talks like this, especially this one that I was actually there for, was at a home church parish, I think often about the ancient rabbis and how these teachers used to have their students who lived with them, worked with them. That's how the Jewish system worked. You would go with the rabbi, you would spend time with him, you lived with him. Sometimes you even learned his own trade. And these students would literally sit at the feet of their rabbis and drink in their wisdom. And when I hear this talk from 25 years ago, this is what comes to mind. This is what everyone in the community feels. When we hear these things, we remember especially these older things that a lot of us in our time before coming here or in our first years of being here, just drinking in all of this wisdom that formed us into who we are today as a community. Tens of thousands around the world are being connected to Our Lady, are being connected to the messages through what a friend of Medjugorje has been teaching all of these years. And the whole world has literally been drinking in this wisdom, just like the time of the ancient rabbis. And tonight we offer this to you, that you go back and listen to this again. And make this a part of how you think. Make this a part of how you act and how you live. And so joining us tonight here is a friend of Medjugorje. Our Lady indeed say 
reflect on your future. Reflect normally as we're doing on the past. What kind of future we're coming into? There's a lot of people out there that's got a lot of money, rich people, and they think that if something happens, they will have enough money to get their food. That's not so. When the food supplies dry up, will your poor neighbor in his lush garden for his family, is he going to sell the food for money? People today are asleep. Proverbs says, chapter 24, verses 33-34, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands and the rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. What's that got to with the rich person or somebody's well off? This verse doesn't just apply about sleeping or being in slumber. It's that we're deaf to the signs of the times. People are thinking things are going to come back to the normal that we've lived for the last decades. Not so. Not with 40 years of apparitions. The most greatest spiritual experience in 2,000 years since Christ. Just the fact of those apparitions for 40 years tells you something is big. So big, we can't imagine it. You have to make a punch list. Actually, you need to make two punch lists. On one list, you list what everything you're doing with your life, what you're connected to, how you live, where you go, what you do, what you eat, how you raise your kids, how are you with your work, an inventory of everything. On one list, what is not of God? On the second list, what is of God? Our life is filled with things that we're connected to that does not glorify God. And if you're honest to yourself, your list of what glorifies God is going to be very small. Oh, I go to Mass, I pray. I got a confession. It's the system. Ask yourself the question, how much you are contributing to the system that does not glorify God? We have to look at these things, put on a microscope, and how do you get out of it? Why can't you? Because our lady said, you can't. June 25th, 1989. I've talked about this recently, several times. And listen to every word I say. Put it in your heart. Most of you heard me say I was right next to Ivanka. It hit me like a cannonball. Our lady said, pray because you are in great temptation and danger because the world and the material goods lead you into slavery. Is a lady exaggerating? Do we want to believe those words and say, oh, that's not so. That's 1989. No, that's where we're going into it. It was manifesting then. Look at where it is now. She relieves more about this, saying Satan is active in this plan. Our lady says, I had many plans. And here it is. She tells us Satan has a plan to do what? To lead you into what? Slavery. How? Through materialism. What does that lady say from there? I, who she, her, 
I want to help each of you in prayer for God to be in heaven and say, go down there and talk to them, reveal something they haven't heard before, make it very clear where they're headed to in the future and the way they walk without me, their God. A lady said September 2nd, 2006, talking about the future. That's 16 years ago. She says, do not deceive yourselves, which means she knows you're deceiving yourself. Your faith is in the system and your money and material things. Do not deceive yourself that you can do anything without him, not even to take a single step. Go back to 1989. How many steps have people and the world has taken thousands of steps away from God that wasn't glorifying God? And in 1989, when she warned about slavery through materialism, there was no cell phones. There were no fax machines. There wasn't laptops. There weren't any jobs where people sit in the office all day long on a computer. You could say, well, we got to make a living. We got to do this. The way we are making a living is not living. We have rejected the soil. We have turned our face away from it to our demise. The condition we're in right now is very dangerous. And you know that. But when our lady said June 25th, 1989, you're in temptation and danger. People say, well, I see that now. What are you doing about it? How are you going to change things? Michael Berry had a broadcast last night about what is happening right now with the economy and what I said 25 years ago in Louisiana. And before that, I knew that. Well before 1997. As you listen to this, you have to make steps only with God. Go into it only what glorifies God. Do not deceive yourselves that you can do anything without Him, not even to take a single step. So what you're about to hear from Michael Berry and also from Milton Friedman, who has a lot of wisdom about finances. We have been talking a lot, and we will for the rest of this show, about inflation and what happens with inflation. And you'll hear from Milton Friedman uh, on how government causes inflation. It's, there's too much cash in the economy, and it starts driving prices up. Well, add to that a scarcity of supply. You have supply chain problems um, uh, coming from China You've had uh, you have fuel price increases due to a lack of production here, due to overregulation, unwillingness to drill in Anwar and other places, the killing of Keystone. You have a perfect storm for runaway inflation, the likes of which we haven't seen since the Carter administration, and it it portends to be even worse. This is a killer for the Democrats in November. Of all the terrible things, this is their killer. The only way to stop runaway inflation is to do something that nobody wants to see, but historically this is the monetary policy to put the brakes on on the overheated economy, is you raise interest rates. When you raise interest rates, when the Fed raises interest rates, that means it's harder to buy a home. When it's harder to buy a home, instead of buying a $500,000 home, you can only afford a $400,000 home. 
So that means that $500,000 home languishes on the market. Well, the guy that was selling his $500,000 home was doing so so he could buy a million-dollar home. But now he doesn't get five hundred for his house. He only gets four, which means he doesn't have enough to buy the million-dollar home. So the million-dollar home buyer who was going to sell his to buy two million, and on and on and on. We are headed into what are potentially very dangerous times, very, very unhappy times, a recession, perhaps. You feel it. You feel the pinch. You know, a school shooting makes headlines. They, in my opinion, very tastelessly, cruelly show the faces of the, the anguish of the family members as they cry outside the school. It's easy to bring about change. It's easy to get people to understand something went wrong. You can even, you can even convince people that, that we need a, you know, a national gun control or some national this or national that because this guy went crazy. It's easy to manipulate people using a news story like that. Inflation is like a very slow-growing cancer in a part of the body that doesn't get checked. And it just consumes slowly but surely. Milton Friedman, and it's called Free to Choose, and he attacks the issue of inflation and explains it better than you'll ever hear anyone else. There's only one other person I've ever heard explain it, and it's one of his acolytes, and that's Thomas Sowell. There is an entire episode on inflation, which I'll gel down for you, but we're going to play a couple of Milton Friedman clips for you. Friedman points out that inflation is entirely a creation of government. You cannot cause you cannot cause inflation. I can't. We can do a lot of things as individuals, but we cannot create inflation. Inflation is created when there is too much money in the economy. Too much money means there is, a, there is an oversupply of dollars, but you don't increase production. So... If there's one car on the lot and I want to buy that car and I go up and the, the, the dealer wants to sell it, I might have a little wiggle room depending on how, how much he needs the money. Might be able to negotiate with him to get him to drop the price because I may be the only buyer this week for him. But when the guy next to me wins the lottery and he wants that car, He'll come in and tell the dealer, and that's the only car. Hey, I want that car. I'll pay a thousand more than he will. Well, immediately I either lose the car or I have to pay more. But if there's a third guy that comes in and he just got a big pay raise and now he wants a car, add a fourth guy, add an eighth guy. Well, that's what inflation is. Inflation is too much money in the marketplace driving the prices up because the value of money decreases. Where the inflation pinches is the people who aren't now making more money. Their cost of living adjustment does not increase sufficiently. I Just, just listen to Milton Friedman, because is, inflation is what we're suffering right now, and we're going to through the end of this year and beyond. Inflation is a disease. It's a dangerous disease for a society. 
It is sometimes a fatal disease for a society. It's a disease that if allowed to rage unchecked can destroy a society. And we have many such examples. The classic examples, of course, are the extreme examples of Germany, of Austria, of Russia, after the First World War, when inflation really did reach levels at which the kind of apocryphal story I told you was a literal description of the reality. When inflation reached levels at which employers would pay their workers three times a day after breakfast, lunch, and dinner so they could go out and spend the money before it lost all its value. That's the real extreme cases. But you don't have to go to such extreme cases to see the enormous harm which inflation left unchecked can do. You have the example in many examples in South America. Brazil, before 1964, was brought down by an inflation that led to a revolution that toppled the existing government in order to stem the inflation. In the famous case of Chile, with Mr. Allende in power, he produced an inflation, which was one of the major factors that caused the economic catastrophe that led to the replacement of his government by a military dictatorship. We are nowhere near that stage in the United States. Now the first step toward understanding the cause of inflation is to recognize that it is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. It's always and everywhere a result of too much money, of a more rapid increase in the quantity of money than an output. Moreover, in the modern era, the important next step is to recognize that today governments control the quantity of money so that as a result, inflation in the United States is made in Washington and nowhere else. Of course, no government any more than any one of us likes to take responsibility for bad things. We're all of us human. If something bad happens, it wasn't our fault. And the government is the same way. So it doesn't accept responsibility for inflation. If you listen to people in Washington talk, they will tell you that inflation is produced by greedy businessmen, or it's produced by grasping unions, or it's produced by spendthrift consumers, or maybe it's those terrible Arab sheiks who are producing it. Now, of course, businessmen are greedy. Who of us isn't? Trade unions are grasping. Who of us isn't? And there's no doubt that the consumer is a spendthrift. At least every man knows that about his wife. But none of them produce inflation for the very simple reason that neither the businessman nor the trade union nor the housewife has a printing press in their basement on which they can turn out those green pieces of paper we call money. Only Washington has that printing press and therefore only Washington can produce inflation. Add those things Friedman said shows that we are in a bad, bad situation. He said we are over. The conclusion is we have a high fever. 
If you add to these things, a lady's apparitions for 40 years shows us that the thermometer has busted. This is easy to understand these things. How are we going to undo all these things? We're not. We just have to glorify God in our businesses, our work, our schools, and every level of our society. But I'm going to protect to you, we're not going to. We're going too far away from God. So there is divine intervention coming. Our Lady said March 25th, 2021. Talking about the future. She says, I have come here with the name Queen. In some ways, that sounds strange. Yes, the rest of the title she said in the name is of peace, Queen of Peace. But I want you to focus on the word Queen. Because she puts the name I have come here with the name Queen. What is the duties of a queen? In the Middle Ages, the daily life of the queen usually began with prayers, with or without attendance. The queen was accompanied to Mass by her attendants. She would distribute charity among the gathered common people. That's what Our Lady's doing. Our Lady says she's always present when Jesus is. So she's at the Mass. What does the Lady Medjugorje do? She leads for petitions. Referring back to the earthly queens of the Middle Ages, she would also listen to the petitions and make appropriate replies. Is that what Our Lady's doing now? When the queen had a say in the affairs of the state, she would go to the council and follow the proceedings in place. Is that what she does with God? When she had to say something, she went to the state. Who is she going to? God the Father. Who's the council? The Holy Trinity. In the Middle Ages, in the afternoon, would spend time in the company of ladies and maids. Our ladies around angels. In 1988, one day she came with five angels accompanying her. The queen being in the inner circle of the king's trusted people, which is us, we prayed the rosary with her, the queen often had access to all the secrets of the kingdom. Isn't that interesting? She had access to all the secrets of the kingdom. God has entrusted to Our Lady, the queen, the ten secrets. What is she doing with them? The queen often had access to all the secrets of the kingdom, and it was her duty to safeguard them. She gave them to the six visionaries, not all ten. Maria, Visca, and Ivan have nine, and she's entrusted those secrets for safeguard. That's the duties of the daily life of the queen during the Middle Ages. Going back to March 25th, 2021, I have come here with the name Queen of Peace because the devil wants peacelessness and war. This means there is a standoff between the queen and the devil. The devil wants peacelessness and war. He wants to fill your heart with fear of the future, but the future is God's. So we're in battle. We're in a situation. All these thoughts point to one thing. 
we don't have God. Our way of living is glorifying God. And we're in a mess because we have not God lead us. There's nowhere in the Bible say to retire. We're supposed to be working. We're supposed to be active until the body can't do it. We have bought the life of the devil. I have no understanding why anybody would keep their money in retirement. 401ks, IRAs, investments, when you should be buying land or a little patch of ground. That's your investment. That's your security. That's what glorifies God. You better be running as fast as you can to cash out everything. Well, friend, of mentioned what you talked earlier, that rich people are going to have money think their money's going to buy food. Yes, I did say that. But when things level out, two things are going to have value, silver and land. You can't cash out and put all your money out of the bank out of investments and go buy something right now tomorrow. It's going to take a little while to find a good homestead. But what you can do immediately is preserve against inflation by turning that into the miraculous measure around. Not just the silver. You're glorifying God, even through your money. When you exchange it, you're not buying something. You're just changing something worthless to worth. You're changing something that has no value, which is dollar bills, to something that intrinsically has value. And grace. Because it's got the miraculous metal in it, and it can be used to glorify God. The direction you need to be running toward is what you can change everything into what glorifies God. Because it's clear, all the things I mentioned, from the stock markets to the IRAs, the 401ks, all these things are diminishing, and they're going to disappear. We've had people for years have been sitting on the wall discerning one way or the other. We have entered into the danger zone. Inaction is going to call action against you. I cannot stress enough of what I believe in my heart of what I'm telling you to do. But you make the decision. Go to the book, Isaiah. Come and reason with me, says the Lord. Don't just listen to this broadcast and pass it off. You reason what I've said to you tonight and back in 1997. I know people in other countries have asked, can we get the magic around? Because it's difficult to change the one country. At least buy silver. Just get it. Cash out. The fuse was lit a long time ago. And it's a long fuse to the stick of dynamite. But it's very close to it now. Friedman said, inflation is a killer. The devil is a killer. As a friend of Medjugorje said in the broadcast tonight, you're not buying anything, you're exchanging something worthless for something with intrinsic value. To do this, you can contact Century Silver Exchange at 877-936-7686. Again, that's 877-936-7686. You can also email to info at centurysilver.com. Don't rely on what I say to you. You pray, you think, you contemplate. Where is the world going? If you stay with it, you'll crash with it. If you take the steps with God, it would go well for you. For many, it's just more comfortable just to stay where you are. 
because it's too much effort to change the direction. But that's not the case, because I said August 25th, 1997, Dear children, now you do not comprehend this grace, but soon a time will come when you will admit for these messages. Her words saying Sue back in 1997, we have to be at the end of the soon. I leave you with these words. Be proactive. Make changes. Make decisions. Follow Our Lady. She's leading us to be different from everybody else. Not followers of the world, but of God. Take those steps, walking toward Him. We wish you a lady. We love you. Good night. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.